Welcome to Rainbow Soul, an explorative discussion about spirituality beyond mainstream religions. Hollis Taylor, author, psychic, astrologer, and alchemical mage, brings their non-binary perspective together with fellow drag king and trans man, LaCrosse Ortiz, a Jewish Taino with spiritual background of exploration that has led him to an atheist perspective. Join these guys as they explore deep and difficult topics, all related to spirituality, offering a queer perspective, an exploration of interesting topics, and engaging guests to help explore conversations for the rainbow soul. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you with us today. We have a very special show ahead of us tonight. And I am, just so you know, I'm Hollis Taylor. I'm the author of Divine Androgen. It's a sacred path for gender variant people. I'm also a coach, a psychic. I do astrology readings and tarot readings, medium readings. You can find them at my website, divineandrogen.com. And I am honored and just blessed with my co-host, LaCrosse Ortiz, my fellow champion. Hi, I'm LaCrosse Ortiz. Um, I am a Taino Jewish atheist. I kind of bring that perspective, the perspective of being spiritual without believing in a supreme being. Um, Yeah, my gift is I consider myself a detective. I do dream interpretations to the best of my ability. Not that great, but I try. Um, Yeah, that's me. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad you're here and already people are showing up. Um, Joe, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) This is Joe. Thanks, Joe. Oh, I'm sorry if I didn't answer. I'm Just sorry. Like Joe was trying to call you across <laughs> yeah. and you didn't hear it. I'm like, oops, but sorry. Maybe after the show. Thanks for being yeah. here today, Joe. And I, I am so excited uh, about today because one of my favorite, favorite people. Oh, we don't want to forget. Uh, if you have a dream <laughs> that you want lacrosse to interpret, Get it together, type it up, and after, at our first commercial break, when we come back, LaCrosse will do a quick dream interpretation for whoever posted in the chat first. And I can see all the chats when all the networks are posting, so whoever's on there first, just post your dream, just put, this is my dream, and I'll find it, and and we'll give it to LaCrosse, okay? Okay. And at the end, I'll do a tarot reading. Okay, for the whole group. And so I've been so excited about the show. And wow, like, because this person is a person that touches my heart in a special way. And I think that we don't, we don't always know who those people are going to be until we really talk to them or vibe with them in a way. So today we are going to have the person that wrote the foreword for my book. And the reason I asked him to do that was because, in my opinion, he is an amazing LGBTQ 
mentor, elder, person that's been around a little longer than I. And in my opinion, I like to know those people because I want to harvest their wisdom. I want to not make the same mistakes. And I also want to see what they've learned because I know over time you learn things. <laughs> and I think you probably know that, right, Lacrosse? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After oh, yeah. some time, right? And yeah. so that's why I asked him to write the beginning of my book, the foreword. Um, and it was a special thing. And in that, on the day, <laughs> it's a very funny sort of situation because I was about to get married in a sort of not not private, but not really public situation. And my my wife and I both enjoy Orion. And so we, we, we reached out to him, Orion Foxwood, and we said, hey, we're getting married. And he was like, oh, fantastic. And he had also written this poem for the foreword in my book, and he wanted us to hear it. And so he sent it to us while we were there. And it was read during a magical, magical event, right after we were married as sort of the confirmation. So I'm going to read it to all of you. The universe. The stars become the universe. What is this starlit flower blossoming within my brain? Rooted in dust of a fallen tower, unfurling, fragrant, and unstained. What is this luminous presence, old when the stars were born? The whispering wisdom of a dreamer, a rose without a thorn. Sweet fragrance of the knowing of stars that came to earth awakening a glee as I became we, and guilt melts into mirth. For the sake of love, we divided to journeys, to places unknown. For the sake of radiance embodied, we've walked this path of bone, becoming the art of the internal and the universe with human feet, extending the reach of the river of stars seeing radiance in all we meet. The flowering light ignites me as my soul cage falls apart. For now the love that made me consumes me in this heart. The life we live and the gifts we give that births what we call true are manifest as cursed or blessed and words are reality's glue. A new age is upon us. It's awakening from within. It will, it will not hide or fools abide or be shamed or mocked as sin. The child of promise, centered in all will, not be shackled down. It's odd. It's queer. It's far near and offers a sovereign crown. That's one that's true. That's me. And you ungluing so we may heal. Sweet fragrance flower at the center of the whirling wheel. And time and mind will help us find the we that sits in peace. As the holy child will reconcile and grant you final release. To the love that made you and is making you all the time 
become the life within you, the sacred androgyne. And that is by my favorite person, favorite magical person, Orion Foxwood. Oh, that's I'm beautiful. Bring him out to the show. Beautiful. Hello, Welcome, you. Orion. Hi there. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm so glad you're here. It's a blessing to be here. Thank you. You see, you're catching in the woods. <laughs> I see you. You're you're like in the forest. I'm in a I'm I'm here in a rainbow forest. I'm in New forest. Orleans. <laughs> oh, I'm loving all of them. <laughs> Orion, why don't why don't we start by you just telling us who you are about your books and and who you are. Wow. Well, ultimately, I'm just a humble servant to spirit, but um, I'm an author. Um, in fact, I just completed a book that I just submitted and is in the process of being edited. And this one's about stones and crystals and gems. But from an animus standpoint, people are used to talking about the mineral world as things, as tools. Well, I'm talking about them as the oldest living beings on the planet. And so and, and it gave a good bit of compelling mythical as well as scientific information, I think at least will jar people's uh, paradigm a little bit, you know, make them think of life a little bit more expanded, you know? So um, I, I'm an author uh, and my most of my books are on traditional witchcraft, uh, Southern root work, which I grew up around, uh, which is an amalgam, uh, a, syn a syncretic practice uh, that was brought in primarily to the African slave trade, but then merged in the area where I was uh, born with um, Appalachian folk tradition coming down out of the mountains because I'm an Appalachian boy. And uh, so I wrote a book on conjure and uh, and then uh, the fairy seership tradition, which is what I write the most about. And that's probably, uh, I love them all, but that one's particularly dear to my heart because it's a co-creative Bronze Age practice. It's about being right with uh, the original ancestors, you know, which are the, uh, the stellar pulses in the land. And right now we're teetering on the edge of an ecological disaster, you know, with a, uh, a, an extinction event that's already begun and it's caused by the hands of man. So if we're gonna turn this around, we've got to wake up. And all of you are a part of that. We'll talk some about that. The qu queerness in my view is one of the cru most crucial parts of breaking free from this soul cage, uh, from this illusion of isolation that drives some of the worst decisions humanity has made. And once that's healed, we can become the conscious co-creators with this planet we were born to be. That's, that's a little bit. Um, so <laughs> like, I'm, I'm digesting. I'm like, whoa, that's deep. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I'm deeply in love with this world. I love our planet. Mm -hmm. I really do. Like I used to, we had this place out in the woods called Moon Ridge. It was wonderful. And every morning I'd get up and I'd walk out. This was while my hips were working. I have to get bionic hips. Mm -hmm. So um, I would go out and I'd get down on the land and I would kiss the land. I didn't do it in the winter, mostly because I didn't want my lips to get stuck. You know, <laughs> embarrassing. But to kiss the land, to to uh, be with. See, you see, we Appalachian folks, we don't believe in owning the land. We We romance the land. We romance the land, you know, the land owns us. That's but uh, yeah. so we'll do what I can to serve our earth. But I do know queer folk are playing a major, major role, maybe bigger than you may even be aware of how sacred your role is. Yeah. I, well, I, 
I was about to I say just that's wanted... a very native perspective. Um, like with the indigenous people, um, they believe that they are the sacred, the holy, you know, the ones who who are supposed to uh, bridge, like be this bridge between, you know, people. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's beautiful. Thank you. Did I hear uh, at the beginning of this that you're Taino? Yes. Ah, we should talk sometime. I met an archaeologist once in Puerto Rico who specialized in the Taino Kimis, the spirits of the mountains. And, uh, we, we come from a proud and beautiful ancient people. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they are there and something. They are something. It's beautiful. Every day it's learning something new about it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, much honor to your ancestors. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being born. I'll let oh. you know, I'm thankful for your birth. <laughs> Incredible. Well, <laughs> I am definitely, my soul is connected to the souls of the people that were forgotten, the drag queens that were murdered and intentionally forgotten of their families, the queers that have been left on the streets, um, the, the souls that are forgotten. And I have, I have consistently stayed connected to them in my my journey through ancestors and blood work and stuff like that even when I try to think about what my bloodline is that's what I come back to that I'm supposed to be um, and um, I have had ritual to uh, keep my soul connected to those ancestors mm -hmm. um, those are my ancestors no longer am I connected to my bloodline I changed a lot in my bloodline when I left my family um, and as they left me, right, for being me. And that's okay. So everybody, I think some people are very connected to their bloodline. Um, and then some of us, well, we don't, just doesn't happen that way for us. And instead, I had something else. And it has been really beautiful. And for sure, I definitely do have um, some blood connection to the Appalachian um, people. But um, interestingly, uh, hoodoo voodoo is exactly the type of ritual that I had that disconnected me from my bloodline because I was shunned for being queer. Um, and so I said, okay, good. That's what you're going to do. Then that'll be fine. It's interestingly that right after that, I walked lacrosse's will, will vouch that our drag family is a very special family. And I walked right into Jade DeVere <laughs> and the drag family scooped me up like I was a lost little lamb. And, um, and I became Jade DeVere's first drag son and have been connected now to the DeVere <laughs> family in Pennsylvania that's begotten quite large. So, um, so I will say that if, if you're one of those people like me, that feels not connected to your bloodline, whatever that is. Um, but that's okay too. Maybe you're connected to the lost souls of the world. Like me, I was definitely a drag queen in past life. So. You weren't lost, you knew where you were going. You just didn't know you knew where you were going until you knew. <laughs> right. You were never so. lost. <laughs> So, and I think it's interesting as a witch to just be who I am and, and to be, you know, as a witch, as a mage, as an alchemist person. And 
I think one of the very special things, Ryan, that about you is that what your your view of being queer because some people like we had some other people on the show that think queer is kind of well queer weird um in a way that they're not even sure how to integrate it into the very binary system um that has been created and one of the things that first impressed me about you was that you didn't see being non-binary as weird at all and in fact it wasn't strange at all to you so i want to just bring that up and open it up for you to talk about what it is to be queer absolutely that would be a joy you know when you said what you said about your journey it reminded me i had written for an anthology and uh, in this i was writing as a, a queer witch and so i started i kept thinking how do i want to start this i'm gonna i want What's a, a, a little something to give a little message of, of who and how I am? So I started it out saying, I'm a witch. A witch of the worst kind. I'm a queer witch. I am an eggshell in the omelet of convention, a grit you cannot ignore. <laughs> they liked it. <laughs> we are a grit that convention cannot ignore. We're not here to make them comfortable. We're here for them to be uncomfortable. Once I was at this workshop out in Santa Cruz with a beloved friend, Sophia, one of the finest high priestesses I've ever met. She tickles me because, you know, she's beautiful. She has these little dimples and this tinkly voice like bells. And she's brilliant. And, you know, that's not supposed to be in this culture. You can't be beautiful and brilliant at the same time because <laughs> you're dangerous, right? <laughs> you know, it's uh, so she was dangerous and I just loved her. She's very powerful, very smart. So she walks in, she sits down. This workshop was on the, the, the role of the high priestess. She sits down and this is for you, Sophia. She sits down and she's got the dimples and the curls and she smiles with this really sweet. So I knew what she was doing. She was setting them all up. She said, hi, my name is Lady uh, Sophia Carapia and I'm a high priestess of the craft. And my job, and then she smiles, is to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> she just leaned down and looked. And she said, because it is not in the comfort zone where that egg is shattered, where we, we bust out of the girdling on our soul, right? It is, it is not a comfortable thing. Being born is, is messy. Dying is messy. And being reborn is a bit messy, you know? You were not born, well, I'm gonna share this. One day, I was coming back on a plane. <laughs> I was on the road for a good 15 years solid on a, a book tours and just the lecture tours. I'm only home now because of this quarantine and, and I have to get an operation done. But it's been good, it's good being home. So I was sitting on the plane and I love being on planes because you're sitting in the body of Mercury, of Mercury, the God Mercury, you're in its body. So you're in motion, you're in the actual motion. So if you allow yourself you, to be suspended and in that motion of intelligence, all kinds of thoughts will come to you clear new renewed thoughts so i went into myself and i was there and the uh, dancing floor of my soul was where i met with uh, my inner contact and spirit wife Bree. and on the way out she said she she goes my love remember what i'm about to say and i'll share this for you with you you were not born you were born to paint the truth of your spirit onto the canvas of form not to be trapped in another's painting You were born 
become the life that sits inside you. Something inside of all of us was so potent in the mind and the, and the, and the nature of the, that which sourced us that the excitement of your being pulsed you all the way from the invisible to the visible. And here you are, born at a time when we stand at a threshold of either becoming something great or being extincted. And I think we'll become something great. And I think it's this will happen because of people like us. So there's this concept of fluidity of consciousness. Now, in my tradition, humanity was born through a, a bringing together of divinity and terrestrial being. Now, if we even go by the, the biblical legend or we can go by the ancient Greek uh, mythical legends, because they're saying the same thing, and others, where this is concept of humanity being born by a, sort of a benevolent conspiracy between the deep mother and the high father. And it looks sort of like this. A handful of clay, human, humus, that's where it comes from, humus, a handful of clay is, is lifted up, it's shaped into a fashion, into the fashion of our form, and then all of the inspiration of the heavens is breathed into it. So, one thing we now know, because I, I just, as I closed the writing of this book, I was going, hmm, I wonder what science has to say about what the myths are saying about our creation. And lo and behold, we now know that we were born. First, the first prebiotic aspect of our existence was mineral. It was the minerals coming together as a pathway for us to come into. So what happens, meteorites bring in like enzymes. I don't remember the exact stuff. It was stuff <laughs> from down, comes down, but it can't become life. It can't organize, it can't do anything without a type of pathway that it comes to. It has to have walls to, for cells, you know, it has to have something for containment. Well, that something came from the mineral world. So we were literally fashioned from the clay. Now think about this, the minerals of our world all came originally from space. In fact, did you know that the iron, all the iron, in the universe, no exception, comes from burnout stars. That's the only place iron comes from, including the iron that's in your blood right now. Take this in. We are stars with human feet, encountering starlight and all we meet. Know this, grow this, and ignite, and the stars will guide you to the darkest night. Don't you wonder sometimes when you're looking at the heavens at a star, Maybe you might be thinking, am I from there? Is that star looking down and going, have I become them? Also, something to know, 50% of the water in our, in our world is older than our solar system. You heard correct. 50% of the water here. That means 50% of the water in your body is older than the solar system. You're filled with iron from stars that have been burned out. And a great deal of the other elements that are in you, the minerals, all originated from other worlds. You are heavenly born, passing through a terrestrial form. So, something pulsed all of our presence here, so exciting. You were so excited, and I was so excited, either that or nosy. 
that we had to be born at this threshold where humanity is reaching beyond itself. Where now we're looking at going to Mars, we've gone to Mars with our satellites. You're even talking about potentially terraforming it. We're thinking in ways we've never thought because we were born to step onto the stars. We were born to step onto other worlds. We cannot go undivided or we, can, we must be undivided in going. We cannot carry the disease that sets in the heart of humanity that works like this. And this is where you come in. Really, you were already in there. But um, the evolution of humanity that's caused us to, to think of divisions of men like this, women like this, you know, gay people are, and straight people, woo, you know, all of this craziness, all this uh, illusionary stuff. It's all based in something called the illusion of isolation. Now, some years ago, I asked my spirit wife, I said, I have to know what the core wounds are in the heart of humanity. Because I would go and I would teach in front of groups, sometimes 500 people. They'd be all lifted up and they're feeling good and they'd leave. And, and, I, and I felt good. I was able to inspire them some and bring them into themselves some. But then the next year I'd come back and they were the same way or worse. So, you know. As Martin Luther King says, a half-truth is a whole lie. I could not give a Band-Aid only to come back and see them wounded again. So I went to my spirit wife and I said, I have to know. There's a wound that sets in the heart of humanity. And I need to know what it is because I cannot serve a half of a healing. I can't do it, knowing that they're just going to hurt again. And she said, I cannot tell you. I can only show you it inside you, but you may not survive. Most don't. That was inspiring. <laughs> but uh, I said, well, I'd rather die an honest man than live a half honest man. And she showed me. And here's what I found. And this, I promise you, it all strings together. <laughs> the, there is a core wound in the heart of humanity that's a part of our rapid evolution. And it seemed to have come when we, when, and with the, when fire came into our world, came into our world, because with fire we evolved so quickly. And our nervous system evolved so quickly, we became enamored by it. And next thing you know, all of our focus was human. We were humanocentric. We saw and felt ourselves drift away from the rhythms of, of the greater life that we were a part of. So from that comes the illusion of isolation. You know, and in the illusion of isolation is abandonment pain. And that abandonment shows up as fear, fury, and shame. Now we see the concept of the abandonment pain showing up in things like the exile from Eden and these see sort of banishment uh, mythos that are connected to simply being human and exercising the curiosity that one who has free will would do. So these, uh, so here we are. The other course to us, the illusion of isolation, the desire to possess, the resentment of change, and the desire for absolutes. You know, and out of the desire for absolutes, we see fundamentalism of any type. And fundament fundamentalism is nothing more than fear of being wrong. A terror that if I don't get this right, I'll never get back into the garden. I'll never be one with the creator. Well, I'm here to tell you, the creator doesn't unlove us. It doesn't. It's not capable of it. That's like my hand cussing out my finger and sending it to hell. Now, that would really work well for the hand and the finger, wouldn't it? When I've spoken to the source, it said, there is no part of me I do not love. So, 
to get to where we need to be as a species, to blossom the way we're supposed to, and to become the destiny that sits within us, we were born to become conscious creators. But we can't become that if we're divided within and divided without, you know? So there are set points in human consciousness that are arbitrary, that are placed there, like the men act like this, women act like this, who said so? <laughs> we know that changes in by culture, you know? Watch the animals, <laughs> you know? These things are fluid. And see, if we're to become that conscious creator, that actualized divine presence, they gotta go. Because we're force-fitting ourselves and retrofitting ourselves into shapes that don't fit our soul. You and I were born to become the life that sits within us. All the way up to seven years old, we knew what that was. We knew why we came. And we didn't know the way an adult knows, like in concrete, I was born to be a, a policeman. I was born to be a witch. Well, I, I did know that, but I, I really knew that early. But think about what you were doing mostly up to the age of seven, because about seven is when the serious uh, retrofitting starts to happen. And our families don't mean to retrofit us. They mean to give us the rules by which to live that they understand these are how to live and how to be safe and how, to, and they can only give what's inside of them and they can only give what was given to them. You know, so the wounds that we've incurred have passed down through generations of retrofitting uh, and, and if we're queer, which I'm thinking we are, <laughs> then we're not the only one. We're not the only one in our blood. If we're magical, we're not the only one. Just the, the, uh, the, uh, to become magical is a genetic thing, according to the older faiths. It's a genetic predisposition. You were born not to be retrofit. You were one of the brave souls that decided, oh no, no, I know what's going off on the cooking timer of humanity. I know that the ancestors are calling us now and they have, they've been shaking this tree since about the mid 1800s, when it was obvious we were drifting into a post-industrial society that was going to be uh, highly technically evolved, but uh, would weaken in its connectedness and its sense of other living things because it would become too specialized. So now if we are at that place where there's what I call set points. This must be like this, this must be like this, this. Well, those, at the risk of being vulgar, those masturbations must go. <laughs> they must go because they're false. Somewhere in your soul, in your immortal spirit, you took on the courage to not be retrofit. You came to become the fabulous flower that you're becoming. And in doing so, your presence gives permission to everyone else in the soul cage to find the inspiration and the luck to become, or not luck, the inspiration and the strength to become. It takes, uh, what's that, it's RuPaul who said, you know, RuPaul, another face of the goddess. <laughs> RuPaul said, we are, all, we are all art waiting to happen. You know? Absolutely, and I think that's, I think that's, that is drag, in my opinion. That's our art. It comes mm -hmm. through. And I was just yeah. thinking what Orion was saying. What was I doing about by by the age of seven or eight? Uh, when I was eight, I had a huge trauma. But right before that, um, 
my sister, my mom was pregnant with my sister, my little baby sister. And I felt bad because I was a very compassionate person a lot of the times if someone was sick. I'm a caretaker naturally. And so I wanted to help her feel better. So I put Stevie Wonder on the radio and brought it in and lip synced. I just called to say <laughs> I love you. It was my first drag performance. Um, I had no, I didn't know it was called drag. I was just being a loving, compassionate child. I knew my mom liked Stevie Wonder and so did I. So it was easy to be like, check it out. So just saying that even, and, and I love that you say that we're like a reflection or like we are the universe because when I think about like astrology and how our astrology charts click for us and help us know where our destiny is, that's like, that's the magic tools that you can use. And you were just saying, Ryan, that, um, that uh, iron is in all of us, right? It's dead, dead stars or fallen stars or complete stars maybe. Um, and so I wonder like what that means because right now I'm finding out that the reason I've been sick all these years, Ryan, you know I've been struggling with my health is for I've been iron deficient. <laughs> and so my body's not holding enough oxygen and I'm walking around oxygen deficient. Um, and uh, so, so isn't that interesting that you said that? I was like, oh my. <laughs> So, you need more of the stars. <laughs> yes, yes. Either that or there's so much a star inside right. that, you yeah. know, that, you, you know, you, you may have to circulate certain amounts of energy uh, through you, you know. Um, uh, and this, we, I, you may not have been walking this world many times. Hmm. You know? I, I, yeah, I, I, I uh, have you know, started changing my diet right away and I have started feeling better. So I'm grateful and I'm grateful. And it's interesting, Orion, that you're saying that because right now we're going through what we would call an eclipse season. And I found this out right at the beginning of the eclipse season and we're still in the eclipse season. And here you are delivering that message to me. And I think they're related. So, um, so yeah, thanks. And that, there you go. You just deliver. Small iron meteorite and carry that on you too and see how that helps you. There we go. Sitting here with one in my hand. Well, this one's more of a nickel meteorite. This one is older than our solar system. This is mm. from the very beginnings of our galaxy. It's an that's a dent on it. So that and I and I uh, have because it's called a boulon. A boulon is a bowl stone, stone with a bowl shape. In the Celtic fairy tradition, it's used to make offerings to the fairy people. Uh, since I found one that's meteoric, I still can't believe I found that. Um, and, and they are actually of stellar descent. A lot of people don't know that the fair folk, the fairy beings are actually the stars within the land. Mm. You know, and they, all things, have, have y'all noticed that everything that's considered holy, spiritual, or powerful, it either has a halo, mm -hmm. glows with light, arrives on balls of light, um, <laughs> or like the gin made of smokeless flame, the fairy people made of liquid flame, liquid light, the angels made the fire. This is plasma. Plasma. It's they're made of original stellar being, and they're a part of the stellar life of our land. They're the original ancestors, you know. And so this is to honor their heritage. So I can offer honey to them in this bowl made of meteoric matter as an honoring of their stellar lineage. You know? 
Well, I want to say real quick that um, this Talisha, I think your name is, um, says that they were really resonating with what you were saying. Oh, and um, and and looks like Yve also said uh, their spouse uh, is familiar with you, Orion. They've been to your um, to your workshops before, and oh, now there's Yve's spouse has just commented that we were not from here, but we were left here. And that is why we feel disconnected. You know, who said that? Yve? Is that how you say the beautiful name? I, I think so. Yve. Are we saying it right? Yve? Maybe in the chat, you can let us know. It'll take a minute, but I'm pretty sure their name is Yve Brown. Mm-hmm. It's a very pretty name. So uh, I, uh, I found as I started looking into this illusion of isolation, that it does come from several places. The primary was the rapid evolution of our nervous system when we over-specialized quickly. See, with fire, we suddenly could, and now, first of all, you got to think about this. There's these hominids, right? Basically, um, advanced monkeys. And they're wanting this fire. Now, y'all, you've got to think about how brave they were. And we're all descendants from them, right? So what was it that told them they had to have that fire? As they're watching their own, their own people and others being killed by it when they touch it. But they had to have this fire. Something inside of them. Some say the fair folk whispered in their ear. Or the Middle East, in the Middle East, they say the jinn whispered in their ear. Take it. This is the fruit on the tree. Take it and you will never be the same. They took that fire. And with that fire, they were able to travel now from warm climates to cold uh, climates. They were able to, um, to fend off animals at night that otherwise would kill them. So now they're cutting, searing through the night. But even more important than anything, they could cook their food. And with that food, they killed off parasites. And now they would live longer. And they freed up proteins that that simian brain was waiting for. And it got it and grow it did. Fire now, we have to reach back to fire to pick up the piece of the mystery that we left behind. We evolved quickly. Now we have to go back and pull up the star mysteries. This is one of the reasons I love these these fire circles and fire gatherings right now. Isn't it interesting we're being summoned back to our source? The orbit around it like a planet around the sun, gathering up what we forgot as we evolved so quickly. Yeah. Cannot bless the fruits and curse the roots. So we have to go back and bless that and bring that up with us so that our fruits of our, who we become and what we become can become illuminative again. Uh- I have like a question, like when, when you speak about divinity, like I'm an atheist, um, but deeply spiritual. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, like when you were talking about how the, the, divo- the, the creator, like wouldn't cut its own finger off. Like it doesn't make, which is totally hundred percent. And like in my concept that I have in, in my brain, it's like that with energy, I can't take, like, just use my left arm and just use it and use it, use it to death without giving it a break and then using my right arm or, you know, using the energy, like always giving, 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 and then not being able to receive any. So like, when I think about that, it's, it's that it's not so much this give and take, it's more like this give and receive. I, I hate give and take. It's an awful yes, I agree with you. concept. You know, it's like I give, and then if you're willing to give, then I receive, but it's like that with energy, you know? So I guess, I guess my whole point is, is like, when you speak of plasma, is that pretty much the same thing right there? Like an energy? It is. Uh, okay. All that's animated in our world, really, is animated through energy. And all the energy that we have circulating through us 
pretty much all comes from the sun. You know, we have the light that falls from the heavens, right? And those little rascals, they work hard to get up to the surface. It takes them something like two million years for those little guys to get up and then jump off the, the, the sun and then get to the nearest, uh, you know, heavenly body, right? And so that light, as it falls down, a great deal of it is gobbled up very quickly by the ocean. And then some, a great deal is gobbled up by the green world. The green world strips it of that white band, which is the radioactive band. And then uh, it turns it into things like carbohydrates and sugars. And it turns it into the food we can eat. It combines the divine, the ever arriving lights, right? Um, with the ancestral wisdom that it draws up from the, the, the ocean of soil. See, in the fairy tradition, there is a teaching that we are born, life is born from three oceans. One is the ocean of, uh, was it? The ocean of blue. I gotta get the colors right. Yes, the ocean of blue which is the sky above and the ocean of water. The other is the ocean of green, which is the whole green world. And then the other is the ocean of brown or black, which is the soil. And the soil is made up of the digested wisdom of everything that has ever lived. And the plants are drawing that ancestral wisdom uh, and it comes out to us as something we call a vitaminos, which is vitamins which means little life that's what vitamin uh, vita which is like minos means small little life and other things that the plants give us the plants are providing us the instructions on how to stay informed given to us by the ancestors which they eat human and other and then of course the animation is constantly arriving so there were energy what's funny is one time i was i was speaking again with, with Bree. And Brie came to me and she says, beloved, I love it when she calls me beloved. And she says, beloved, you're already immortal and you don't even know it. And I said, I am. And I'm like, yeah, all right. I did something right. She said, no, I don't mean just you. <laughs> she goes, all of you are already immortal. And you don't even know it. She says, you're not as solid as you thought yourself to be. Now, this think, think about how she said that you're not as solid as you thought yourself to be. I mean, we have thought ourselves into a stage, into a state of solidity that's far too uh, constricted, far too dense than we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be much more fluidic. And this is where, again, where y'all come in, right? So let me say something to this, because this is where I love queer people. I do. I love queer people so much. We're courageous. We're audacious. We dare to obey the life that's within us. How much more heretical can you get? <laughs> That's wonderful, right? We have a personal relationship with the divine pulse that pulsed us here. And we make it the authority of our lives. And that, like anyone who's dared to become, who's dared to become original, or as, as the high priestess who trained me, she was an incredible woman. She was a burlesque queen. And we're talking early burlesque. She was friends with Gypsy Rose Lee, the mother of burlesque. Oh my God, she's incredible. She told me one day, we were sitting around, she's the one who trained me as a high priest. She said, Orion, be original. The world worships originals. And at first I didn't get what she meant, right? Because I was young and after a while, oh my God, I got it. She said, don't retrofit. Don't become what you see in the world, become what you see inside. Be inspired by the world. She said, but where the world doesn't give you permission to be you, Get out of that part of the world. 
You know, or as I say, cactus seed do not grow well in tropical soil. You know, find the soil. And all of us did, we migrated to those places, to those persons that would give us the sacred permission to become who we knew we were here to become. You know, obeying a pulse inside of us. What we ultimately want, we're not doing this just for us. That's the thing to understand. This is not just for us. This is to give the world the permission to shatter its soul cage. You see, the planet is releasing now a new pulse, and that pulse has to do with the resolution of opposites, the resolution of conflict. The executive order from the heart of the world is one of harmony, is one because the world itself is changing. We're watching, if y'all notice, ancient things we thought were long extinct are suddenly arriving again. And, and we're in the middle of an epidemic right now with COVID. And COVID has come to kind of spike our butts and teach us a lesson. Now, I went to Bri and I said, was it born of a lab or was it born by nature? She says, it doesn't matter. She said, it has the, it has the blessing of mother faith upon it. Which whenever she says that, I get it. She, it means this is right. This is, it may be painful, but this is right. Now, what it's done, what it's done is it made us all go home and sit and percolate and made us all become seeds again and go inside and see what vision is in there and bring it out. Now there was a hidden blessing and this fits into again us. Sorry, I tell things through stories. A lot of Appalachians, well not all Appalachians do that, you know. So think about the two primary preventions for COVID and you'll understand what I mean, okay? And I love it. I love the preventions. Every time I put my mask on, I look at it for a minute and I speak to it. It's, it's a different kind of grail, right? So there is this something that all of us have to dip into. We all drink from the same uh, air, from the same breath, right? Now, one of the lessons we've needed to get for a long time is we are all children of one mother, sister and brother, human and other. And uh, Black Lives Matter in many ways was about that too, you know? If my black brothers and sisters are over here hurting as far as I'm concerned, I am hurting. You know, that's the brown piece of me. That's, you know, my, and, and that's the red piece of me if it's happening to the native. And that's the, you know what I mean? You know, it was, uh, uh, was Michael Jackson said one of his songs, you're just another part of me. So we had to get to that point. Now, when you stayed home in the quarantine, that was to protect your breath right? And to protect the breath of those you live with. Wearing the mask was to protect the breath of others from you. Now think about this. I just love this so much because the thing that connects all of us, one, we're all from the same mother, earth, and we're all drinking, of, or, or, or our breath is drinking of the same atmosphere. So by caring for my breath, I am caring for your breath. By caring for your breath, I am caring for my breath. How clever of mother fate to allow something to happen that would force us to protect the breath of being. And in protecting the breath of being, all the divisions go away. I want to share that with y'all. You who are fluid in your, in your gender expression, and your expression of selfhood, whether it's I, we, they, delicious. 
when I was writing the foreword to this divine being Hollis's book, this incredible being, I was constantly challenged on how to write uh, from the metaphor that is her metaphors. <laughs> and it was wonderful because it was forcing me into something called neuroplasticity. Now there's a, there's a, a statement, I, I studied uh, a good bit of neurophysiology because I used to teach the uh, pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics of psychoactive substances to all the behavioral health professionals in the metropolitan region. Because I found it's equivalent of the Office of, well, it's called the Office of Special Population. So it's the Office of Diversity, basically diversity and minority health for Washington, D.C. And I loved it. I love anything that forces me out of my box. Every, everything, anything that forces me to see through the eyes of another. I become more human. I become more complete when I can see through your eyes. So none of us are replaceable. So we're at this time now where those that fluidity has to happen. We're at a time that, you see, creating divisions like them and me, you know, whoever that is, right, creates lines that don't exist. And when we act like those lines exist and the interconnection's not there, then we start to do crazy things like go to a stream and pee in it upstream, then wonder why downstream the water tastes bitter. To use a kind of a metaphor there, but uh, it is like that, right? And uh, and so the web is shaking right now. And we have to find the mysteries, how to live in harmony and an interconnectedness. Now, I wrote this uh, statement that came to me some years ago, doing work on myself. Now, I used the word witch in it, but you could substitute it and put anyone's name in there. And that, this is what I was teaching my witches. And I said, there's only two things every witch must know. Don't tangle up your lines or contaminate your flow. And these things are important. The tangling up your lines is when we connect with folks who are binding us into a shape, that's not who we are. And sometimes we sit with it and we sit with it and we get ill from it. And then one day, I bet this sounds like everybody here, reverent rage sets in. Because you know, a volcano, one year I had to travel a bunch of places and they all had volcanoes. I was like, this is a, uh, uh, this is a theme I'm sitting here. And I went to uh, Mount Kilauea, which is incredible, and Hawaii, which is the most active and most benevolent volcano on the planet. Notice what I said, most active and most benevolent, harms the least people. And then I traveled to Mount St. Helens and Mount Brown, Mount Hood, I was all over the place. And it was neat to feel these out. By the way, volcanoes are really big. <laughs> I don't know what I thought they were. Oh my God. So I went to Bree and I said, why, why, am, why is the fate roads lining up for me to do this? I want to make sure I'm getting the lesson. She said, you know, in Hawaii, where people live in relationship to the volcano, where they pay honor to it as a part of life and a shaper of life, um, there is this relationship with it. And because of that, she vents. She vents, she releases as she needs to, and she's building more uh, islands all the time. But if there was the restrictive force that humanity can introduce an environment that restricts things into whatever we believe, whatever we feel there, and we do have a magical effect, if that were to happen to that volcano, it would mean like Mount St. Helens. Mount St. Helens, where there are more people living close to it, it would have been devastating. Because it blew the whole side of the mountain. 
So what I was being given was sort of a symbolic thing. What happens when we vent? What happens when we hold? Now, I bet you some of you vented and some of you held. Those of you who vented slowly and methodically became who you are and maybe didn't wrestle, kick up too much of a mess. You may have just gently moved away from home and gently just kind of let mom and dad know who you were and gently told them where to not place their opinions and, you know, all kinds of ways that you were able to do it. Maybe and that was good, good for you. And then there were others that were in environments where, no, it was not going to allow them to gently anything. So they held it in. Some of you held it in until you blew up. Until there was a volcanic eruption. And either you obliterated everything around you or you made room for you to become you. It's kind of like Wonder Woman. Remember the original Wonder Woman? Da, 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 and she was twirl. You know, I love that vision of, of her. I love that. And that's what we've been doing. But this is what we've also got to, by our example, show the rest of the world. Here's shelved dreams, shelved answers setting inside of people who, do, who never speak. Wayne Dyer, the late Wayne Dyer, who was someone I just loved. He was a human consciousness pioneer and wrote many, many books uh, for Hay House. One of his uh, great pieces of wisdom, he said, don't die with your song unsung. Don't die with the song under your tongue. You were born to become you. You're born at a time when there's so many people who've become everything but themselves. And there's so many people, if you spoke to them, and many, and I speak to a lot of people who, who confide in me, their shelved dreams, their shelved loves. Well, right now, there's, a, there's this uh, new age coming. It's already begun. The age of Aquarius has begun and those restrictions of the past will not be allowed. And if they don't let you grow, then there'll be blow-ups. You know, I say uh, the spiritual definition of crisis is, crisis is spirit, spirit's way of prying our clutching fingers off of a shape that must die. And and if they, if they can't get us to grow by massaging it out, or grow, grow by erupting it out and creating tower times. I'm so proud of everyone on here. I'm so proud of us all to dare to become. You, you may not think it makes a big deal to the greater world, but it does. And now we're standing at the trans revolution. And trans people are going to be a major harbinger of hope and transformation. Because it's the final, you see, Anything connected to procreative life force is a touchy subject, right? Because it's it calls up survival, calls up all kinds of things, and then religious and other politics around it. The final thing, the piece de resistance, high voltage thing, we start to blow up already the set points around sexual expression and attraction and romantic love. And now we're blowing up those metaphors and saying, the metaphors fall on a range like a radio dial. They don't fall, here's a cage, here's a cage, here's a cage. Thank you, Hollis, for being one of those brave ones to do that, you pioneer. <laughs> and now I, I want to say we're about to we're about to take a break, and this is the most exciting thing for me to talk about, which is where are we headed? Why are we here? Why are queer people here? And where are we headed? 
And so I want to talk about evolution. I love evolution, but we're about to take a break. When we come back, um, by the way, lacrosse, Eve, uh, by the way, that's how we pronounce Eve's name Eve. is Eve. Okay. okay. And so Eve. Eve, Eve's um, partner was Chris Brown, who's been in your classes. Oh, yes. Yes. Much love. <laughs> I thought I would say something. And so when we come back, Eve has a dream for you, lacrosse. Okay. So um, I'll get writing. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's take a quick commercial break okay. and we'll be back. Welcome back. I want to go ahead and read Eve's dream for right. our listeners. The so, only question I do have is if that is the end. Okay. So, so let's read it out loud yeah. so the listeners so the listeners know what we're talking about. I had an odd dream that I was looking for a specific relic that was important to find. They were all dumped into a glass display case rather than respectfully displayed which bothered me. The sakes person who was there suddenly put a light lavender colored long natural beads on me. And I said, no, that isn't the one I'm looking for. That belongs to a voodoo goddess. And I resumed looking through the relics and organizing them to be treated with respect while I looked through them. But the beads and Eve says, oh, okay. that's where I woke up. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I wish I wish I knew which goddess that uh, that she felt it belonged to, like which goddess resonated with her in her dream that it belonged to because there's different voodoo goddesses, you know, representing different things. So um, here's my take. And here we go. Um, the relic, um, a relic could be wisdom, spirit. Um, I think lost part in typing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, that, that a piece was lost in typing after the beads. But I mean, if you want to put it in there, <clears throat> and I'll tell you what, what kind of sits with me so far. Um, relic is something ancient. You know, it's something ancient. It's something old. It could be wisdom it could be a spirit it could be a soul so um the fact that you were looking maybe you were looking for wisdom maybe you were looking for a spirit or a soul maybe you were looking for something um then it was displayed it was exploited when i feel that it was in that glass um case it's it, it ended up being exploited so whatever it was that you were looking for you felt has been exploited okay 
be snaped. Okay, if you want to read that. I can't hear you. I don't know why you couldn't hear okay. me there. Okay, yeah. so Eve said, but the beads immediately began to move like snakes and wrap around me, forming a beaded robe over my bare skin. So I would imagine it's the voodoo goddess that has to do with snakes, mm -hmm. which was odd as I had not even been without clothing prior, as far as I knew. It was not able to be removed, but I was disturbed as I could not find the piece I knew I needed to find and was a bit confused by this other piece and what I was to do about mm, it. Okay, that, that makes better sense now. Yeah, okay. Um, oh, okay. You felt that the wisdom that you were looking for or the spirit or the soul had been disrespected, okay? It, it, it's supposed to be something private to you and you felt that it was exploited. Um, now, if we're talking about the voodoo goddess, well, then that's definitely a, like of snakes. Snakes are change. Snakes are transformation. And the fact that it wasn't removed, basically what you were looking for, you didn't get. You ended up getting maybe what you needed. So in a sense, we don't always like to get what we need. And we want to get what we want. But yet you were still upset because what you were looking for, it was sacred and it, it, it was ancient and it was beautiful. But maybe that wasn't what you needed. What you needed was the lavender because the lavender co color is peaceful. So it's trying, I guess maybe the universe is trying to peacefully telling you, no, you don't need this. What you need is this. And even though it's a snake and it's going to wrap around you, it, don't look at it so much as it's smothering you or maybe wrapping like hugging or trying to comfort you and teach you what you need to know not what you want to know so i don't know your spiritual walk but that's you know but that's what i'm getting getting from it you want this and you feel that it's being exposed and it's being exploited and you feel that it should be more private but maybe it should be more exposed and not so private Maybe that's how you're going to learn if you put it out there, whatever it is you're seeking. And then you'll be able to, you know, you can actually get what you really need, not so much what you want. I don't know if that makes any sense because that's just, and I know it sounds all over the board, but that's pretty much what I'm getting is what you want is not necessarily what you need. So you got to put your inner turmoil about it kind of to the side and focus on what you need and not so much what you want. And then you'll be able to be more at peace with with it. And then you can get what you want. It's kind of like you can't have the cookie right now. You got to wait till you, after you eat your dinner, even though you don't want dinner, if that makes sense. So I'm trying to, like, simplify it. Hey, lacrosse, I, I looked up that goddess that, you, that we were just talking about. Mm. And her name is Dambala, D-A-M-B-A-L-L-A. Is one of the is the goddess that has a lot to do with snakes in the voodoo tradition. And let me just give you a little quote from Wikipedia. You could look it up, Eve. I, I encourage you to look more up about this goddess because then you know you can probably get more wisdom from that. Right. Ambala is seen as benevolent and patient, wise mm. and kind, which is pretty much what you just said, Lacrosse, yet detached and removed from the trials and tribulations of daily human life. Wow. Their very presence brings peace. And they represent a continuum, which is at once the ancient past and the assurance of the future. Wow. As a serpent, and due to their extreme age, they do not speak, 
but may whistle or make a soft hissing sound. Hmm. So just wanted to let you know the facts about that goddess. So I hope you look it up, Dambala, D-A-M-B-A-L-L-A. And I'm sure you find some more wisdom in there. Right. <laughs> oh, and so Eve said, yeah, part of my confusion was feeling like I was inadequate for the robe due to my heritage. Okay. Maybe that's why you ended up naked in the dream. You know, it, it, first off, if it's your heritage, you're not inadequate to your heritage. It's your heritage. There is no adequacy or inadequacy. It's yours. Nobody can give or take that away. So um, you, you shouldn't ever feel inadequate about your heritage. If it is yours, you embrace it, you take it, and you run with it, you know, so. Well, I think that was well done, Lacrosse. Thank you. That was really a intense dream. Uh, <laughs> that was sounds like, like an intense dream. <laughs> yeah, it was. I thought it was interesting when I seen that when, when you were talking and I was just listening to you and just looking up this goddess. And right. there was a quote at once, at once the ancient past and the assurance of the future. Right. And that brings us right back to our discussion about the future. And so I, I, I've been sort of um, not obsessed, but sort of like, yeah, but okay, so that's what happened. But where are we headed? And right. we are in a time of Aquarius. There's a lot of planets dancing in Aquarius right now. And what that means is that the foundation and things are changing. So I want to bring Orion back out. And Orion, I'm going to bring Orion Foxwood back out. Welcome back. Thank you. I was listening to what y'all said about, uh, just uh, FYI to add to that Dambala. Dambala is the male one, believe it or not. Aido Wedo is the uh, feminine, and they together are Dambala Aido Wedo. She's mm. the rainbow serpent. Oh. Yeah, and he's Blancadani. He's the white serpent, and uh, he's about purification and the highest truth. And she's, you know, we, we look him up. Aido Wedo, I think, is, uh, I'm not sure the spelling exactly. Blanc, yeah, Blancadani is uh, one of the folk names for Dambala. You know, and uh, powerful. That was powerful. I was hoping y'all would mention Dambala. And, I, mm -hmm. and then either way, though, was just to let you know there's two parts to it. Kind of like the Caduceus, you know. Oh, I, I think she was mentioning about cultural appropriation because she said being I was white. Um, there is one thing I do want to mention. Our DNA, whether you believe in energy or you believe in bloodlines or, or whatever, but DNA is such a beautiful thing. You carry, like some people believe in past lives. I literally believe I carry every single cell of every single person before me. You don't know what was back there. So you're white today, but you don't know how far back your DNA goes. You have thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And then you go back even further than that. You don't, I, I don't know that. I think as long as you go with a clear heart and a respectful manner, it's wear your robe. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, appropriations is also about when we take from a culture without honoring that culture. And if we're not physically from that culture, then we go to someone or a teacher that is, right? And, 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 and ask for their blessing and if they will teach us. Um, I, I don't think other cultures are saying, go away and don't study for me. What they're saying is, don't grab and take pieces of it. It's like pieces of people and 
It's like the Frankenstein monster. We're taking a piece of his piece of this piece of this and creating something that's not that has a piece of life from all and a piece of death from all because it's been taken away from its mother, right? Its mother, uh, its, its holism. So I think appropriations is something to be definitely sensitive and aware of. And the way we deal with that is go to people uh, then who are alive of that lineage or alive and, and humbly and lovingly and they'll, they'll teach you. They'll know your spirit is earnestly seeking. Just let them see that heart. That's all it'll take and they'll know your sincerity. It's just a thought because I've, I've worked with so many voodoo's over the years and, and which I love them and, and many African and African, uh, Afro-Caribbean uh, traditions, you know, because of my conjure background, you know. Because I'm one of those oddballs where my mother was birthed by a freed slave. A free slave was the midwife to my mama's. They were sharecroppers and living in an old slave slave's quarters, a place called Hollingsworth Place outside of Winchester, Virginia. And they didn't have money. They were poor. They couldn't even afford the other OR, <laughs> right? And so you couldn't get no doctor, you know, and this wonderful woman that I grew up with. Well, I grew up with, I only knew her until I was about maybe five, maybe a little older. Uh, and she was the daughter of an adult. Her mom had been freed. And so she was a little girl, that very little girl when they were freed. You think of that as so distant, yet it's not, you know, not at all, you know. I have cannonballs sitting in here that we dug up in our garden. Does that give you a hint of how close it was to my culture? <laughs> you know, so just give honor. But be true in your heart and, and speak to people from that place. You'll be fine. In fact, this makes me think of a recent conversation that I had with somebody that I actually was thinking about. I, I was asking them to be on the show, and they said that they don't do traditional things. And I was like, I didn't ask for tradition. I asked for sacred dance. Um, and sacred, sacred, what is sacred, you know? And so, like, that's, I think, where we're headed is that what what is sacred is, it, it, yes, the tradition is important um, and has meaning, but it doesn't really apply always to today. Because it's no longer a huge sacrifice, for instance, to give up a chicken, okay? But it was a hundred years ago. And so then it was a huge deal. And now there's other things that, you know, that might be a more appropriate sacrifice because most of us can walk into a grocery store and buy a chicken for five bucks. So, you know, it's, and that's what I'm saying is that tradition is, has its importance, it has its place, but at the same time, I think honoring the tradition is important and sort of taking what we learn and integrating that into ourselves, into our own heart and soul. Um, I did that with the Mayan teachings and, and integrated what, what my Mayan teacher had to teach me. Um, and I took that and I was like, wow, I guess I am of the stars. And the next thing you know, I was studying astrology deeper than I ever had before. And in the past year, I've spent a lot of time with the stars. So, um, and now, of course, like I mentioned before about iron. So I'm thinking, well, maybe I need to spend more time looking at the stars, not just studying them. Because um, <laughs> I'm a very intellectual person, right? So, so where are we going? And I think astrology itself is changing because astrology has started to discover planets 
that we didn't know before. And we're trying to figure out how those apply to the systems. And people like Rick Levine are trying to figure out, okay, so how does that work? And that's where we're headed is a different, a new understanding of old traditions like astrology. And, and I bet there's a new understanding of voodoo and root work and even the Appalachian way, Orion, and even fairy seership. Oh, yes. We are emergence beings, ever arriving. There's a, this is only the first stanza of it, and forgive my voice, but I've been working on this song that I need to get to the rest of it. But it goes, uh, excuse me. We are not points, we are streams, and nothing is as solid as it seems. Uh, it ain't done, it's all a dream. And then something comes after that. I don't know what yet. But uh, the, the important thing is we are not points, we are streams. We're ever arriving. And once we understand that, once we truly get that, then we undam ourselves. We ungirdle ourselves. And in the ungirdling, mark my word, we are on our way to becoming self-regenerative androgynous beings. What we call... Uh, uh, mortality now is going to be something very different, very different in the future. We're even pushing our own evolution. You know, as we unfortunately cause damage to our environment, we've either got to learn how to repair what we damaged or the environment will evolve. And what happens is more radiation will, will hit because of the ozone being broken down. We will have to either, we'll either become extinct or migrate somewhere else, or we will evolve to be a being that can live in greater states of light, which is where I believe the crystal movement came. What else do we know that looks more like solidified light? You know, and how crystals evolve is they are literally a geometric, perfect geometric pattern that is taking the base stone and organizing it into perfect order, solidified light. So we're, we're, it, we, you know, it's one of the things when I was studying the, for the book, and I was writing about the whole thing about minerals being the, the beginnings of life. These the scientists were saying something that was so inspiring, extraordinary. They said, as we have, uh, uh, to, to the degree we have, uh, gone to other worlds and sampled their minerals and looked at their minerals, and those planets seem to be very different than ours because there, the minerals evolved and then they stopped. Here, the minerals evolved and the mineralogy or geology gave birth to biology. And then biology interacts with geology and creates more minerals. <laughs> so the minerals here are evolving new minerals because of a relationship between geology and biology. And I thought that was extraordinary, it blew my mind. <coughs> I was just blown away. And so as we move out into these other worlds, we're going to have to expand out of boxes like we've never dreamed because we can't look at life through the eyes of earth life. We can't look at life through the eyes of humanocentrism either because we're going to encounter plasmatic states of life, things that are not particleized. We're going to not be able to see with our eyes things because we often can't see what we don't believe in anyway. We don't see it. <laughs> we can't see it. Something is beyond our metaphor, beyond our, our understanding. I actually think we've been there a long time already. I think very few things have extincted the way we think they have. I think things shift into other dimensions of Earth life. The Earth is much bigger than it appears. 
And we're all being called to descend our senses deeper so we can see the pre-existing ancestral patterns and to expand it further so we can see that all the space between moon and earth is populated and alive. <laughs> it's all alive. So where are we going? I, you know, I believe, uh, well, let me say why I believe this. So again, some years ago, Bree and I were sitting in, in contemplation and she says, you know, the concept of being made in the image of the divine is not symbolic. And I said, excuse me. <laughs> she said, being made in the, she said, being made in the image of God, you are. Everything that the universe has is, is, is inside of you. She said, you were born, your species was born to eventually become a conscious creator. This is where magic comes in. Magic is the art of conscious creation and conscious co-creation. Because remember, we're not in this alone. We are the human expression of terrestrial and universal life come together. We are a wave of life on an ocean of life. That is a wave of life on a greater ocean of life. You know? And we're, we were born, we were born to, to, to evolve our will, to evolve our neurology, and we've done that. But we're coming to the edges of where our biological evolution will start to end. And our energetic evolution will begin. We are changing. Did you know that some years ago, it was an anomaly when they saw someone uh, come into emergency rooms and they do blood tests and they were, and if they showed up as um, intersex, it was something like one in 4,000 babies or something like that. I may not have those numbers exactly right. I'm sure I don't. Now it's something like one in 500 or, or maybe even less. So this is, I used to be in public health. This is called moving from an anomaly to a trend. What does that mean? We're becoming something else. We're becoming androgynous. I mean, how else when we evolve and we step onto other worlds, we're gonna have to change what, what we need will change, how we're formed will change. God, I hope sex doesn't change too much, but um, we will be self-creative most likely. Many legends say we were first androgynous. You know, we were the divine androgyne first. Some say the divine androgyne, the Adama Eva, was immortal and became mortal when they were divided to learn love and come together, not to learn divisionism. Anything that brings us into a oneness is bringing us in the right direction. But that's why uh, queerness was coming. See, it was oppressed for a while, the most ancient of things being oppressed. Oh, you know, <laughs> you can't put the elder gods to sleep and think they will not arrive. They're at the base of who we all are. We were not only born to become ourselves. We were born to ignite an evolutionary current. And the becoming of self falling on this uh, radio dial of, of expressions, right? That's why I say that as you become yourself, as you have come into your queerness, one day it won't even be queerness anymore. I hate to break it to us. We won't be that special by then. Then we will, we will be just, and, and that's happening. And to a degree, it's starting to happen. I love that we're in our called the Gabers. 
<laughs> the gamers, you know, they, our neighbors all look at us and they just, they love us, you know, and, and we're getting a chance, my honey and I get a chance to express how men love each other. And, and, and we have so many straight brothers who are like, well, here's a great story. I was doing a hand fasting, a, 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 a wedding uh, in uh, Connecticut, I think it was on the Connecticut River. And so uh, the hus the brother of the bride had been watching us and I didn't know it. he was an older gentleman. And uh, he walks over to my honey, Zeppelin, who's in here a little bit ago. And he said, he just walked over and he said, now I haven't been around gay men. I don't have an issue with them. How could I? I don't know who they are like that, right? He said, I really haven't. I kept thinking, what are you doing, brother? <laughs> but he said, but I've been standing over here just watching. He said, you're just two people in love. And I'm, I'm trying to keep him crying because this was so sincere and moving. He said, I've watched you preen each other, take care of each other, look after each other. He said, what better love could there, could, could there be? He said, you're just two people in love. He said, thank you. Now I understand. Isn't that beautiful? Is that like, oh my God, that was so beautiful. And I was just, and so whether you know it or not, there are people watching you. There are people getting infected by your enthusiasm, getting infected by your peace, getting infected by your courage. And that's what we're here for, to light fuses of consciousness. So this concept of gender fluidity and uh, uh, just uh, our, our identity fluidity is in alignment with who we really are because the soul is not this little piece. Like if you, one of the things that Bria told me, she said, do when this concept of past lives, she said, that's not a good use of words because it furthers the illusion of isolation. She said, you've only had one life and it's been continuous. She said, think of your, what you have been before as embodiment experiences, not as other lives. She said, or, and I like that she described it in terms of jewelry, because I love jewelry. So she said, think of it as your lives are like pearls. Don't seek the pearls, seek the string, the thread that runs through it all. She said, and that's the life that you are. And it is akin to the life that runs through all things. When we seek that core, it's in our center, right? And the pearl of expression you are this time around has to do with diversity, has to do with fluidity, and has to do with igniting that fluidity and all that you touch. So where are we going? <clears throat> to quote again, my spirit bride, she says, you have no idea how beautiful the outcome is. She said, I do, I was there when it's, the thought of it was born. She said, she has given me a taste of it. We're becoming an androgynous being, self-regenerating, self-healing, ready to step onto other worlds as conscious inspirers of life. That by our very presence will allow worlds to blossom. I really don't think the legends of us being divine are, are at all metaphors, they're actuals. But we have to do this on behalf of the greatest witch that ever lived, Earth. Who else can take whatever she needed from the heavens, the meteors, the uh, 
the comet tails, the everything, and turn it into life. Who else was given the authority to take whatever she needs and build what I believe is probably the most diverse life expressive planet. I think there's life all over the place, all over the place. I think there's life everywhere, if you want to know the truth. I don't think there is a vacant heavenly body. It's, we got to know that we see the world from where we stand. We can't look at places with the eyes of life formation here. <laughs> there's a lot of life is really creative, you know. Um, so I hope that answers your question about so this fluidity of consciousness, you're already en route there. You're already on your way there. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, we were up, up. Them. Them. Yeah, that was good. not the correct way. <laughs> Eve said that Chris has suggested that over time we may be able to modify our own gentle at will, which is what you said, Orion, and I agree. And with the concept of not as solid as you think, gave me the thought that if we're not as solid, we're mutable. Exactly. Yes. And I think fluid is a great word for it. And I constantly am a, like sort of amazed at the young people that are gender fluid, that like one day they'll present an address and be like, what do you mean you don't see me as masculine? And then I'm like, well, okay. You're wearing a dress and you're masculine. And and, and it, they kind of, in that, when they do that kind of thing, it, it challenges even my, who's the divine androgen, where I believe I embody both masculine and feminine at, in the same body, where they constantly move through it on a day-to-day -day basis. And I have to check in with them and be like, so are you expressing, Are you? do you want me to use he today or she? Or they, and um, and 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 even the other new pronouns, I'm also fairly comfortable with, and I I like to practice them with my friends like that. But when young people do that, I feel like they're even challenging me, even me, the transgender person who wondered when I got confused when the transgender movement started to happen because it was like you're either a he or a she, and I kept feeling like. I can't say that Mother, because of my fairy connection, mm -hmm. I can't say that Mother Nature made a mistake. Oh. That Mother Nature, no. And the idea of that is um, almost um, kind of ridiculous to me. Um, and, and so for me, it's like, no, Mother Nature didn't make a mistake. Mother Nature made you masculine inside. And a, you put you inside of a woman's body on purpose because we need the gender binary to fall away. Because if we continue, we will continue to have rape and all the other things that split us in yes. the binary of gender. Now, yes. some of us have to take hormones to feel more comfortable in the world, and that's okay. Um, and I have even experimented with that, but I found that what has really put like confidence in my heart and soul is to know that I am significant as a they, and that I am here to tread the path for those younger behind me and prepare people to receive people that are so sensitive that needs you 
to use words like they, them, that need you to refer to them as gender variant because they are so sensitive, amazing beings of light. And that that's where the world is going. Yeah. And so it's like, I, almost like I'm, I'm like the one in the front with a shield going, okay, get ready because here they come. Hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm 46 years old. I'm a little bit older and I'm watching the pagan community and the witch community knowing that the witches out there are not hung up on this binary thing. Most witches are not. And so I, I keep getting that message. I keep getting that message that I have to create room in every community I find for they. And it's interestingly, that's what's going on. Go ahead, Lacrosse. I was about to say it's it's the same thing with the with the trans man. As I transitioned, the whole joke with a lot of me and my trans brothers is like I tell them, you know, I said, "You ever watch the X Men?" Because I'm a Marvel nut, you know. I said, "Well, we're the X Men. We are the next evol evolution. We're not damaged. We're there's nothing wrong with us. There's no mistake. It's we're the next part of that evolution. So here now." When I identify with a woman, I get to have this beautiful relationship because I understand her period. I know what it is to give birth. I know what it is to do all these things, which will make me more compassionate to a woman, which makes me a more evolved man. But in the same token, it also taught me before I was never in touch with my femininity. I didn't like it. It was uncomfortable. But now being a man, now I can say, oh, now I can embrace it. Now it's okay to be soft and the gentle man, not a gentleman, a gentle man. So I, I totally get that. Is is we we are you're right carrying that shield and and pioneering this. We're now these that are coming in. It's not just me identifying with the woman. It's teaching me even broader than that. Just be compassionate to another human being. Start being loving towards other human beings it's it's going to broad further than that and that's the next evolved human being so you know, albert einstein was so brilliant einstein <laughs> quotes blow me away <laughs> einstein said we cannot fix this uh, the this, the brain that created the problem is not the same brain that can fix that problem right you see the boxes that we've lived in is not the container for the future it is, we can't step into being a co-creative, co-existent, uh, communal being that can see the invisible relationships between visible things that will allow us to co-heal our world and ourselves. We can't do that living in the boxes. We can't anymore. You know, we can't anymore look at, at, at like, that's why I wrote this book on stones. I can't wait to get this thing out. Mm -hmm. Because we can't look at anything as not alive and anything as not uh, conscious anymore. Because that's an illusion. Everything is. And once we get to that, you well, I'm sure many of you have already experienced, when you blew up those set points to become queer, boundless creativity started coming in. Because you blew up a lot of other set points. And then you'll find otherworldly beings speaking to you. And you will find other living things that in the past had not been able to speak to you. You know, in the ancient Basque tradition, when they would tell a fairy tale, right? Now, you know, like the Grimm's fairy tales, it's once upon a time, right? 
when the ancient Basque tradition of the Pyrenees in Spain, they started them with this, ladies and gentlemen, happened at a time when all things could speak. Well, maybe as we evolve, finally we'll get to a place where we can say, this, ladies and gentlemen, is happening at a, at a time when all things could hear and listen and speak. Or this is happening at a time when humanity can listen and hear. You're a part of cleaning out those ears. <laughs> you really are. And um, it's something I want to speak a lot more on. You know, the, the, uh, you're a part of the answer. And so when people come at me with issues around being, being a gay man, I say, honey, don't bring me your problems when I'm busy bringing you your solutions. <laughs> and they laugh. A lot of them, they got to know me. I said, so it's not going to work with this one. Um, and um, so, and the thing is, don't do it to rebel. Do it to become. And then find the joy in that becoming and radiate it. It will give sacred permission to others to not die with their dreams still under their tongue, to, to not die with themselves still deep inside. This, this uh, fluidity of consciousness is what also will allow us to think in ways that will be able to repair what we've broken. We'll be able to go to those other worlds without, we've never journeyed through space, we've journeyed the edges of it. That's why it costs so much, you know. We can't do fossil fuel and these things anymore. We have to think of energy a different way. That means getting out of those old boxes, those old, oh, you know, girdling, girdles that was really tight. And, you know, I don't know, some people look really good in them. But, uh, uh, but to get out of those, we got to throw away the old genes. The butt has grown too big for them. We've grown too big for what we've been living. We can honor those roots. And then we need to move forward and expand our wings. You know? We have a song. Uh, uh, how much time do we have, beloved? We have um, about 15 minutes. Because mm -hmm. there is a song that we sing. Can I teach it? This, yeah, this, go for it. Mm -hmm. Well, there's, there's two of them. Right, I, I snuck them in, really. It was two. Not one. <laughs> is that okay? Yeah. Whenever, sometime when you're just wanting to center yourself and remember the beauty of what you become, because it's so easy to have ourselves stretched and perforated, leaking, pulled in so many directions. There's a song that I wrote, I'll teach you the words and maybe we can do it together. Although when we do, we, we might want to not, well, well they, they're, they don't have to mute anything. I'm sorry, I just remembered I'm not on a Zoom thing. I was on the Zoom thing earlier, I'm still in Zoom consciousness. So the, it's a song that goes, the words go, in the name of the holy mystery, I call my power back to me. Power is the ability to affect change. Don't say that you don't want power. Of course you do. You don't want to take power. You want to have power, be power. Power is the ability to affect change. You are powerful. So it goes in the name of the holy mystery, which is the oneness. I call my power back to me. And that's said three times. And I'll do the tune and on a minute. And then it goes in the name of the holy mystery. I call my soul back to me. That part of you that is connected to everything else that got put in and severed and woes and all that into retrofitted boxes wherever it was lost call it back the next part goes in the name of the holy mystery i call my spirit that's your essential essence the animating quality of you call it back to you then latin each one is two times each and then it ends with the name of the holy mystery and you reach up to the great waterfall of light which is the movement of, of the star pulses 
along the breathing spaces that became ignited all the luminaries of, of the heavens around us, including you. Because you're a terrestrial body. You're the stars walking in the terrestrial embodiment. You're a part of the river of stars. And so we envision that as a waterfall of golden white light falling from the heavens, becoming into the underworld and rising up as you. So the word. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I was putting I was typing it to put it in the chat. Okay. I think what you're asking us to say is in the name of the holy mystery, I call my power back to me. That's the first part. Okay. We'll do that. And, then what's the, and you do that three times. Uh huh. Okay. And then what's the next line? In the name of the holy mystery, I call my soul back to me. And that's three times. And what you're doing is you're reaching with your hands. So wherever you are, don't be driving and do this. You know, you're reaching and you're calling those parts back to yourself. So go and then, So we have that one and bringing my soul back to me. And uh -huh. then um, I'm just putting times three. And then in the name of the holy mystery, I call my spirit back to me. Yeah, you got it. You got it. And, and then, then in the name of the whole, that we reach up to that waterfall of light, calling down a crown of sovereignty. Because we're all born to be sovereign over our lives, to own our lives, become ourselves. We reach up, pull that down while going, in the name of the holy mystery, I claim my crown of sovereignty. And that'll okay. go three times. Okay. Right, hold on. I claim my crown of sovereignty. Just typing the, this in the chat, in the chat, so everyone can do it at home, even yeah. if they're watching it on a replay. Between each of those stanzas, like when the name of the holy mystery, I call my power back. Me done it three times. Then you go in the name, and the name, and the name, and the name, and the name of the holy mystery, and the name, and the name, and the name, and the name, name of the holy mystery, just twice. You do that after each one of those stanzas, so it's just saying that twice. Okay. It's kind of a perky song to it. It's, it's perky. And it's happy because you're calling yourself back into completion, right? You're, you're calling your power into center. And for all of us who've done, really anyone who's journeyed, there's times that we have had power leak from us, taken from us, uh, uh, and, and it's setting somewhere because energy is either created or destroyed. You can call that power back and reinvest it. You can call the pieces of the soul that got fractured, call it back, reinvest it. Call your, your spirit, which is the animating principle, and re reinvest it. And the crown is, and if anyone I know deserves to claim their crown of sovereignty, it's queer folks. We've had a journey. You know? Some of you who are trans folks, I just love y'all so much. Because talk about courage. That's commitment. <laughs> that's commitment to shapeshift. And that way, wowzer, mega wowzer. You know? So... Y'all ready? <laughs> yeah, I think we got it. We've posted it to every single place that we are that we're <laughs> that we're broadcasting to. So I'm not always the best singer in the world. I, I was gonna say I am tone deaf, so I'll, I'll I will speak it. I don't you know how to sing it, but as long as it's coming out of my mouth, because if I start singing, dogs will be barking. <laughs> A priest of Hecate. You can always do the drag thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I can lip sync it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, and it's and as you're doing it, just reach. And even if you're saying it or whispering it, okay? So on the count of three, let's get started. Okay. And remember, you're reaching out and you're calling those parts back to you. <clears throat> my voice is going through. It's been a busy day today. So my, it may not sound so wonderful, but it's humble and loving. <laughs> All right. One. 
two, three, and in the name of the holy mystery, I call my power back to me. In the name of the holy mystery, I call my power back to me. In the name of the holy mystery, I call my power back to me. In the name, in the name, in the name, in the name, in the name of the holy mystery. In the name, in the name, in the name, in the holy mystery. In the name of the holy mystery, I call my soul back to me. In the name of the holy mystery, I call my soul back to me. In the name of the holy mystery, I call my soul back to me. In the name, in the name, in the name of the holy mystery. In the name, in the name, in the name, in the name, in the name of the Holy Now, Spirit. In the name of the Holy Spirit, I call my spirit back to me. In the name of the Holy Spirit, I call my spirit back to me. In the name of the Holy Spirit, I call my spirit back to me. In the name, in the name, in the name, in the name, in the name of the Holy Mystery. In the name, in the name, in the name, in the name, in the name of the Holy Mystery. Now reach up to that waterfall of light. In the name of the holy mystery, I claim my crown of sovereignty. In the name of the holy mystery, I claim my crown of sovereignty. In the name of the holy mystery, I claim my crown of sovereignty. Name in the name in the name in the name of the holy mystery. The name in the name in the name in the name in the name of the holy mystery. May all the powers of love encompass you through all the nights and all the days and in all good ways. Mm. Let this be written into the book of the law that none may render sin. As it is, as it was, as it ever shall be. There you go. So that song, if you take well, it, on, <laughs> yeah, it's prescriptive. <laughs> it can heal you. It's well, beautiful. and I was really suffering over 2020. I was having a really physical experience, and Orion gave me something. Um, and I, I don't even remember the details of it right now, and I don't think that's important. But what was important was that he gave me something to focus on when I was up in the middle of the night with my heart racing, feeling like at any moment I could leave this world. Um, and in that feeling, like I would just focus on, focus on what, the gift that Orion had given me is just a little vocal um, thing, just enough to get me out of my body for a minute while that moment passed. Um, and I had to wait for that moment to pass. And we're still trying to figure out why that happens. Um, and so just, you know, that gift in this, this, this action, um, this, this in the holy, in the name of the holy mystery, this actually helps me with more like my mental health. Like this makes me feel like I can bring all those parts back to me, that those parts are important. Like we need all those parts of ourselves. We've, we've disconnected from them in today's world somehow. We've gotten disconnected from the soul and the spirit and, and, and even our crown of sovereignty. We've forgotten who we authentically are. And I've found that words have real power. So like if you go around saying I suck, then you know what? You're probably going to suck. Um, and so instead, if you walk around saying, I, I want to figure out who I am, then those things start to happen to you. You start figuring out who you are. And if you can do this little exercise that we just put in the chat, you will start bringing back to you who you are meant to be in the world. 
And you, it's not just you that's lost it, by the way. It's oh. most of us. Most of us have lost. And it, I, for some reason, we're all disconnected. And if we want to heal the planet, if you love the planet, whatever the part of the planet that you feel called to, mine happens to be the food revolution, whatever yours is, let me just say this, that it will only be healed by humans reconnecting, by humans coming together. Humans are as natural as the trees. We are as natural as the air that we breathe. We are human and we must connect. We must learn how to be with each other and love one another even when we disagree. Um, and I know that's hard. In the time of Aquarius, that's next to impossible. There's a weirdness that's evolving where science, mysticism, magic, mm. all of it will come together for in truth they are one. You know, for you know, uh, for in truth, uh, there'll be one thing left and that is truth. You know, and not a truth based on opinion. Right. You know? It, it's that's funny because like I always hear that um, there was this thing when a group I used to hang with and they, they would say science is now just catching up and explaining it all because it's always, everything's always been there. It's just catching up and now it's explaining it. Now we have words for it. Now we have, have ways of our mind to, to, to really take in the concepts now, which is just such a, you can't have one without the other, you know, at this point they have to. Astrophysiology, uh, astrobiology, and astrophysiology, uh, special, not physiology, uh, another word, astrobiology, and that's just something I can't remember. The, the, but these scientists are just as close as they look at consciousness and what it is. Uh, they're this close to going ahead and saying the whole universe is conscious. They've got everything to show it. It's not dependent on the nervous system, none of that. Right. The nervous system is just one way that it expresses among a million of them. You know, one day, you know, I used to grow these carnivorous plants. I love them. You know, it's a little shop of horrors in here. And I had these pitcher plants and they're beautiful. If you've ever seen them, they're very sensual looking. You know, they, they're shaped like a little pitcher and they have a little hood with downward pointing hairs, little windows in there and then water in. And uh, and they, they turn with little veins in them, the color of uh, meat. So I was growing this big pitcher plant and it said the equivalent of, hey, you, come here. I'm going to tell you something, you know. So I leaned close and it said, so they say that I'm not conscious. They say that I don't think. Well, answer me this. Now, the, what these beings love, what they need, they're in nitrogen poor uh, soil. Uh, so they get that all from the insects that they trap and, and eat. How did I know that insects like to drink water? I don't have eyes. How did I know to grow downward pointing hair so that their toes wouldn't be able to go back up again because there were sharp bristles? How did I know that? I don't have nerves to feel. How did I know to grow these red, the red color that's all through this, knowing that that's the color of carrion, of meat that the flies love? But I don't have any eyes. How did I know to uh, evolve a, uh, a blossom that smells like rotting meat, knowing that that would attract those, those flies. I don't have a nose. <laughs> that was one of my greatest teachers that day. I'll never forget it. I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know. So what this plant, this incredible glorious plant was saying, was you can say that it's all through this process of evolution, 
but how that's too many senses, don't you think? Now, my spirits tell me we have one sense. We have one sense with five portals. And that sense is aliveness, a state of aliveness. That's what we call it. I'm sure there must be a better term, but a state of aliveness. When I extend my aliveness to the aliveness of the tree, it extends back. And now we have a common language that we can speak on. The rest of the senses are portals with a with a low range, mid range, and a high range. You, by responding to your aliveness and becoming yourself, as opposed to shaping yourself to fit, now have opened yourself to the potentiality of that sense, the core sense truly awakening and of levels of consciousness and, and knowing that can be extended to you now by ranges of life otherwise not available to those who lock the senses in the mid-range, let alone know that there's a core sense. You responded to the core sense that sets in your center. Welcome home to one of the healers of the world. Well, on that beautiful note, I always find Orion to be super heart inspiring to help me feel accepted, seen, and loved. Um, and that's really important to many of us. Gen most of us queers don't feel seen in the world. Um, but as we become seen, um, I want to say that we appreciate the people that have come before us because I assure you that they've all had to go through their own experience of what it was to be queer 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 100 years ago, and they've all cleared the path for us. So I want to thank you for that, Ryan, because you definitely made room in the magical world for people like me to step right, to walk right behind you and, and uh, carry these messages forward and as seekers step forward and put us together in the same room so we can hear one another. And so in that moat, I want in that note, I want to bring my love is love deck. These this tarot is a magical tarot. It's a collaborative deck based on the Rider Waite deck, but it is um, love is love. It is every single card is done by another LG an LGBTQ artist. So as I show the card, you can note the artist at the bottom. You can pick up this deck online. I'm pulling three cards for whoever is watching this show right now, for all of us in the show right now, and everyone that is part of this show, whether you're watching it recorded or live, doesn't matter. I'm going to pull three cards here. And this first card, <laughs> this first card is all about what we have. And it represents the past, and it's the Four of Pentacles, which is often about what we have. It's about you know, the computer on your desk or the phone in your hand or whatever's going on there, right? Or the job that you have so that you can create those things, okay? And the divine is reminding you to be grateful for what you have. Because when you're grateful, it's a funny thing because the universe delivers more of that to you. And so that's a great way to make more money, so if you find yourself in a situation where you need to make money, try being grateful for what you have and you may find that it manifests more. And I know that that's sometimes a struggle in the thoughts and that's what this card is all about. The seven of wands, you see this beautiful person that kind of, I'm kind of looking at her like, are you one of my like drag queen friends or person that shows up at pride? 
but you can see that she's struggling with her thoughts there that that this person is struggling with what it means to be who she is and that's okay if you're struggling with that it's okay to be there because that struggle has something to teach you whatever it is even if it means that your family has denied you if your family refuses to see you or love you for who you are know that you are loved that i love you orion loves you lacrosse loves you just the way you are and that i'm those people just need to need to learn a little bit about being ourselves and you have that message to deliver to them so i just want to remind you that if you're struggling with those thoughts right now that's okay be who you are step into your most authentic self because this card right here is actually a great beautiful expression of a, a gay couple two men um together very comfortable on the couch you can see that they have cups of milk there right and so they do have some blessings but of course some things have been spilled but they just this is a reminder to be grateful for the comforts that you have to celebrate the full glasses of milk and to overlook to not ignore the spilled milk but instead to just let it be part of the journey to let it be part of your experience let it be part of who you are and that's what this is all about that your experience your emotional experience in this time of aquarius is meant to be exactly what it is and so celebrate it embrace it take it forward just like black lives matter everyone pick up whatever's happened to you and figure out what we need to connect with each other and love each other and celebrate because we are all one we are all connected and we're all headed for one place and that is here and now and tomorrow and that is what we right now if we want to make a better planet we have to connect with each other so let's figure out what that looks like especially in the queer community we're lgbtqia for a reason that means celebrate our intersex people that means celebrate all parts of us all the people that are expressing outside the binary so i just want to say thank you to orion for coming on our show today and just the beautiful your beautiful words and i just wanted to let you know orion that one of your favorite people and one of my favorite people actually has been watching you and was in the beginning i didn't get to feature her comment but she said I love Orion's magical work. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> I love her so much. Yes. My heart so, is <laughs> And so you can know that um that everyone that everyone is that we've loved you. We love you, Orion. We totally appreciate having you on the show today so and Thanks That's for being here. And I look forward to your new book and I hope that you can announce it. Please announce it in Rainbow Soul. Uh, we have a group. Please announce it to us and um, and come back to this video because it's replayed over and over again. Come back and put a link right to the book, please. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people. I'm sure there's a lot of people um, that would just love to. And, and, and our song 
everybody was having a great time with the song. I just wanted to tell you that too. Um, I could see Wonderful. me dancing in my living room singing yes. that. Yes. <laughs> and I'm so glad that Eve, <laughs> Eve said that they're deaf so they won't complain about how anyone sings. But I'm glad that we were able to post the word so that you could be comfortable with it. Everybody so. was safe. I just muttered it. Everybody was safe in the neighborhood. They're safe. <laughs> the dogs are calm. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. And I want to say thank you to uh, my amazing drag yeah. brother and good friend lacrosse and co-host thank you for uh, being no with and thank you every week it's like just something different and something new it was such an honor and pleasure to meet you orion um this was a really good show it was beautiful and hollis you're you're amazing you're always amazing mm -hmm. your work is amazing so just thank you so much i'm, I'm so grateful to be a part of this thank you well, I humbly Humbly thank all of our listeners, yes. everyone watching the show, whether you're watching it on replay or whichever. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of Rainbow Soul. Yes. Support Rainbow Soul. Check out the Rainbow Soul merchandise for your favorite new shirt. A variety of colors and styles to suit your taste. Show off your love for Rainbow Soul. Get cool designs with your favorite quotes. Designs come in a variety of colors so that you can express your most authentic self. Support Rainbow Soul in spreading the word that queer, gender variant, intersex, transgender is sacred. Rainbow Soul, putting the soul back into queer. Order your unique Rainbow Soul merchandise at rainbowsoul.show. Thank you for watching Rainbow Soul, a queer perspective on spirituality beyond religion. We appreciate you sharing the show on your timeline, follow us on social media of your choice, and join our Facebook group, Rainbow Soul. We want to hear from you. Share your topic ideas for Hollis and Lacrosse. Explore upcoming shows and interesting guests. The Rainbow Soul Facebook group, where we build community of questioning seekers. Rainbow Soul, where spirituality is our medicine.